Let's Talk Outdoors is recorded on the homelands of many nations, including the Cree, Soto, Assiniboine, Dene, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis nations on the Treaty 6 and Treaty 4 territories. We encourage you to always learn more about the stories of the land on which you live, work, and play. Good afternoon. This is Brooklyn and Leah from Sask Outdoors. Annika Mang from Born to be Adventurous. Annika Mang has a wealth of experience with getting outside and taking her family on adventures. Her oldest daughter took her first camping week at six weeks old. Listen in as we talk about breastfeeding in the backcountry, wildlife precautions, food ideas, expectations, the Trail Collective app, and Annika's book, Hike for Families. Annika, do you want to... Talk a little bit about your, I guess, expertise in this area. How, how long have you been adventuring with your family? Yeah, so I think I was kind of one of those moms that when I first had my kids, I was like, I'm not going to stop doing things. And I think um, it just kind of started when they were born. I think with my first, I could have taken a little bit more time to just have been a little bit more relaxed. Because <laughs> I think I enjoyed it after I had my second. I took a little bit more time. But Yeah, basically, since they were, you know, we took our first on her first camping trip when she was six weeks old. Um, We started hiking as soon as I was able to manage it with my postpartum health um, and then just kind of went from there. Um, And then with our second, we actually took her camping when she was three weeks old. (laughs) So we just started right away and just got right into it. Um, And we weren't going to let our adventures stop. Yes, they did change, but we were going to keep it going. So there's probably some people listening who are thinking, how did you go camping with an itty bitty baby? Do you want to, do you have any tried and true tricks that you might share with our podcast listeners? Yeah. So with my first, I was so nervous going and taking her camping. I was like, I'm in charge of you. I have to keep you alive. It's like kind of scary. And we actually camped in a tent. Um, So we had a massive big Agnes tent. And we um, had a, we even brought in a camping chair so I could breastfeed her in, in, in that chair because she was still so little and I was still learning how to breastfeed that trying to do it any other way was just too hard for me. Um, and then we had a little Moses kind of crib um, beside us or a bassinet, I guess you could say, one of those kind of wicker basket ones beside her. When we took our second camping I was so relaxed. So I'm going to say the same. When you start when they're young and you just start going and doing stuff with them, it becomes so much easier. And so when we took our second at three weeks old, we had our sleeping actually in a laundry basket (laughs) when we were camping and we all slept amazing. I was not stressed out at all. It was just so relaxing. Um, And we stayed for a couple nights. With our first, we only went for one night. So you know, just go out for one night, the first time, test it out. You know, it's going to be a little chaotic, um, but it's worth it. <laughs> That's great. I, one of my favorite tips was um, I was a big breastfeeder when my kids were little. And so to have a, a shirt that like you didn't have to pull all the way, you know, take off all your clothes when you're breastfeeding in the middle of the night when camping, because I could get chilly. Uh, so planning that ahead really helped me feel more comfortable. Yeah. 
Actually, I had a, I think it was like a, a shawl so I can make sure to have that on as well while breastfeeding. Yeah. Which is helpful because it does get really cool depending on where you are. We just jumped right into this podcast, breastfeeding yeah. in the first five minutes. <laughs> when you're talking about babies and mothers and how to get outside it, like you have to figure out how you're going to feed your baby. <laughs> yeah. And what, was there an age that you found particularly challenging so far in your parenting about taking your kids camping? Like was babyhood the hardest or has there been other phases that have been challenging too? Um, sometimes I find it hard because I'm like, I forget things <laughs> now, but um, the baby was hard, but then it, there was different ages when they just didn't sleep as well. Like we one time had it where, you know, I think it was maybe one, maybe one years old or just before one. And they were crying a lot more in the night and trying to just find a way to keep them quiet. And so that for me often was breastfeeding and that's extremely exhausting if you're feeding them all night. Um, I had one friend, same thing, you know, we just kind of had to go with a, um, be very easygoing. And she one time literally had her baby in a carrier the whole night and was just walking and bouncing the baby to keep them quiet. Um, so there, you know, as much as like, sometimes it goes perfectly and it's really great. Um, sometimes it can go and be really hard and you might never want to do it again. What I did learn though, was one bad night or one hard time doesn't mean that the next is going to be really hard and actually might actually be quite easy. Um, so that's kind of what I found is that you really can't even from month to month babies change so much that it's it's just kind of depends on your comfort level as a parent. And I really appreciate some of the things that you said that like just starting with the one night go for a trial see how it goes um, because I do find that like you learn a lot even just in one night did I forget something what should I have brought that I wish I would have had what didn't I need um, so starting with that one night really gives you that ground to like make sure that you get some good footing and just some general experience for, especially for like families who've never, who don't have a lot of outdoor experience, who are just trying to like encourage their children to get outside more often. Um, just starting small with some of those things, um, like a one night. Exactly. And I even find, I hate to say this, but go with low expectations. <laughs> I don't just because if you go with low expectations, if something goes really well, or if it's hard, you know, you're not expecting it to be like it was before you had kids, because it's just going to be different. You're going to have an extra human that you're going to look after. And the more you did it, do it, the more it honestly just becomes so easy. And I sometimes feel bad because our adventures have become quite a bit more manageable and easier, not easier because adventures can still be hard. Um, but I, I sometimes wonder if they've actually gotten easier or if I'm just used to the challenge, if that makes sense. It's like, I've just done it so much. So I know my kids aren't going to be perfect. I know that, you know, especially when they were little, like they're going to have a tantrum at home. They might have a tantrum outside. I always found that crying inside was way louder and way harder on my mental health than having them cry outside. <laughs> it wasn't as echoey. So I actually enjoyed it more and felt better myself being outside than inside with them. I always think of it as it's not necessarily a vacation. It's just parenting in a different environment. Yeah, I love that. Exactly. <laughs> so true. I like that, Leah. Yes. I can say that about all vacations. <laughs> um, and then I guess like some of like the fears like for like 
children around my age, maybe a little bit younger, is the potty training and going outdoors and like the accidents and the packing the extra clothes and like the diapers or the panties or underwear. Like, I guess managing that. How did you manage that when you did you take your kids out during that time? I got almost, um, well, first of all, my very first hike with the baby, I know this isn't potty training related, but she had 10 blowouts on that hike. And it was like a harsh reality of like, oh my goodness, this is what hiking with the baby is like. I'm surprised I even went after again, but yeah, no, it it was never like that again. So that was good. Um, But I always found that, especially in the summer, if you're, you know, if your kids are wanting to potty train, um, we always did I think it was like the two or three day method where we would um, try to have them potty train. And often we do that inside. Um, if a bit went outside, that's okay. Um, like maybe in our backyard. Um, but then after that, I often found it easier to be outside. Cause it's like, if they have an accident, it doesn't really matter. I taught my girls at a young age how to squat <laughs> so that they knew that they could squat any, you know, anywhere not within reason, obviously you're not going to do it anywhere, but like, you know, have a, have a spot. <laughs> um, and then my, though, my youngest didn't listen very well. Like I wanted to potty train her in the summer. And then all of a sudden it was winter. She was going to go in her snowsuit and she's like, I'm not wearing a diaper. And I was like, really? Like we're doing this with a snowsuit on now and going outside and, And we just did it and she ended up being fine. I mean, we've had a few accidents, but she was ready and we just kind of went for it. I feel like it's just hard. Those like potty training moments and how you have to just go with it and you have to bring extra clothes and almost be easygoing. Hope it's a nice day if they've gone through that second or third pair of clothes and try to dry it on the outside of your backpack. <laughs> oh, those are the memories that you start to have that you're like, that was hard. <laughs> and that gives, that brings me to my next question is like, from some of your experiences, like what have been the most, like what have been some of the challenges you face and the successes that you've seen, like in taking your family outdoors and your children? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the, I think the prep is like hard. You just have to bring more and you have to be aware that you have to bring more, like more snacks. Your kids will be hungrier um, and the prep. And so what I would always do is, especially when they were younger, I would prepare for the next day's hike the day before, usually when they were sleeping or if they were playing or something, I'd prep everything before and have the food just because otherwise I'd forget things. And so that for me was how I was able to go do things and to get out. It's so different now though. Like we went on a five day back country and we were like, we haven't planned and we left in three days. So it's so different now. Like we literally, I used to have to plan so much and now we just, it's gotten easier. So, but that's from years of planning now and being able to figure out what we need and what we don't need and that kind of thing. But, but the nightly night before just a day hike or even a, a wander in the park um planning that before made it easier to get out the next day what are your favorite some of your favorite snacks to take with you hmm. well this is gonna sound funny but when they were younger um like farmer sausage <laughs> would like encourage them along the trail um so and then I used to make a lot of my own snacks, but a lot of it has come into, I don't have the time as much anymore. So, you know, like fishies or veggies, like um, cucumbers and carrots, um, 
you know, I used to do chickpeas as well. And so that was something that was easy to give them um, tuna as well. And then I often love to have some sort of, so it used to be sausage when they were younger. I know that's hilarious. But then as I got older, like little treats, whether it was like Skittles or gummies or something to kind of be like, okay, we we made it this far. Let's have a little treat or or in the bribery of parenthood, it's, you know, you have the last kilometer of the trail you need to finish and you're like, chase me. And if you catch me, I'll give you a skill. <laughs> that's in all honesty, that sometimes you just got to finish a trail and that's, you want to finish it in a fun way. <laughs> so then, yeah, going on, what are some of the successes that you've had? So tell us like one of the most memorable, like strong successes that you've had. Um, I think last summer we did the West Coast Trail and for us, like it was really hard. That trail is one of the, just to put it in perspective, it's one of the hardest through trails in Canada. And we did it with our six and eight year old and it was um, so hard, but it was also like so memorable and we created some of the biggest family memories that we could ever have from that trail and to come out of it all enjoying it having our kids say like hey mom can we do that like ATC I think it's like the ATC trail that's like a year-long trail in the states or something like that and them just don't want to do it and um I think it was kind of like one of those things like wow we've been doing all this stuff and we put in the time and we did a lot of work when they were younger and now we're able to do this type of trail with them and to have fun doing it was incredible did they see many other or did you see many other kids on the West Coast Trail? Um, no, <laughs> there's um, especially the first. So the first three days are really challenging um, at the Midway Hut. Our kids were actually missing kids. And so um, we met tons of amazing adults that helped motivate us along the trail, too. But at the there's this kind of hut where you can pay to stay. And so we stayed there. We also got a food drop there to make sure that we could have um, food without having to carry. We ended up doing it over 10 days instead of six days. And so, but there it was super random because the people who run it, their granddaughter was there and it was her birthday. So our girls got to go to a kid's birthday party. <laughs> we were on this like, it was seven days in and they got this, you know, got to have cupcakes and freezies and it was super fun for them. And then on the set, like after that, the trail becomes like significantly easier. And so we saw some kids, I think one was around seven years old that was just hiking to, it's called Susiette Falls. And so that one is like a pretty easy boardwalk trail with only a couple ladders. So um, so that was when we kind of started to see, I guess, one more kid. (laughs) I think we saw one other like 14 year old as well and a maybe a 16 year old so good for them and for you that's a big undertaking <laughs> yeah so on, the top, on the topic of food you talked about snacks um what did you take what do you take on the backcountry with your family yeah so we have um we actually have a complete guide on our website for to be adventurous.com um and we actually used it for when we just went on our recent backcountry so we did sunshine to mount shark in the it's it's in the mountains um, from Sunshine Village. Um, It's a really beautiful trail, but we use that download. So basically we're pretty basic. Um, We watched an hour long YouTube video on on lightweight food because we carry a lot of our kids' food and gear. So we just, 
we need high fat food so that we have the energy um, to complete the trail and so that we have enough food, but it has to be, you know, lightweight. But lightweight doesn't always mean that it's going to fill you up and be good. So it's like that balance. And so we watched this YouTube video and we kind of came up with what works for our family based on um, our kids aren't super picky eaters, but at the same time, they are kids and we want them to eat and they are sometimes not going to eat some things. <laughs> so, um, so we did things like we found out that Oreos are actually one of the best backcountry cookies because they have high fat because of the, I think the milk in the middle, basically. So just kind of knowing things like that, or if you're going to bring tuna along, bring tuna with oil instead of tuna with water, because the oil adds that extra fat that you need to help keep your body, um, moving and functional. So, so that's kind of, yeah. So we kind of have a list of things that we do. We're pretty basic on those longer trips because of that. Um, but yeah, we'll do like oats with apple chips in it um, and brown sugar. And then my husband and I, we put in sunflower butter. So you could do peanut butter instead, but just to add that extra calories, but it's good calories for, for what you get in it. And then we do the first few days we did sausage and pita and ooh, can't remember what else and then the second set of lunches we did tuna with waffles like those waffles with sunflower butter um and then for dinners we actually kind of we've been doing the freeze-dried meals that you buy <laughs> but we we just find it easy and it's quick we don't go on a lot of these ones for shorter backcountry trips we'll just bring other stuff it's easier but for these ones it's just super lightweight we know we're not going to get sick we've had a bad backcountry where we got really sick one time um so yeah so we do that but our favorites are peak refuel because there's they're super high in calories um and our kids love the mountain house because there's lasagna <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Perfect. It. like lasagna <laughs> Those are all great ideas. I do a little bit of backpack country things with my own kids and some other kids. And food is where I get hung up. I'm like finding something that everyone will like and that I can carry. Because like you say, you end up carrying a lot of the food. Yeah. So those are some great ideas. And I look forward to checking out the, the document on your website. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear your ideas too. Cause I think that's like one thing is just figuring out what they'll eat, but also what is lightweight too. <laughs> yeah. And lightweight and like compact too. You talk about things that are lightweight and it's like you know, some of those things don't pack down in a small space either. No. We also though brought, so because we heard that we also bring, this is a side, it's not very compact or anything, but we bring Pringles <laughs> because in the tubes they don't crash and they're so good to eat after <laughs> a hiking. Everything tastes better outside. Yeah. <laughs> So I had a couple of other questions for you. So um, thinking of some of the barriers that families would face in, to getting outside. So some of the things would be like cost of equipment or clothing, um, not knowing where to go. Um, or like we discussed some of the fear too um, or inexperience. Where can families start off? Or do you have any resources? I think in terms of gear, people get so hung up on having the best gear and knowing what you know do I have the gear to go and so I grew up in Saskatoon and I feel like that's so different compared to some of the mountain areas and we would just go anyways and you really don't I mean if you can get a good pair of hiking shoes 
um, that can be very helpful. That being said, our family, we hiked the West Coast Trail and our most recent one in trail runners and our kids use those trail runners for school. And what we also do is we buy, this is not for everybody because I know not everybody wants a big pack with trail runners. Um, but for our kids, especially and for us, we bring extra wool socks. And so um, that's kind of how we keep our feet dry. And we partly do that because um, hikers, if they're waterproof and if they get wet inside, they can be really hard to dry. Um, and so kids, especially on the West Coast Trail, it's a super wet trail. We didn't want them to have to suffer from wet shoes the whole time. So we thought, hey, our shoes are gonna get wet. How can we uh, manage that on the trail? And so we kind of, that's kind of how we manage it and what we do. But a lot of people don't, but if you don't, then try to get a good pair of hikers. And then, you know, polyester is a good material over cotton. Um, so you can look at that in whatever, brands or stores, you know, even go to Walmart if it, you know, it's cheaper. Used stores are amazing. And there's some really great used gear stores in Saskatchewan, um, like, like Life Outside um, in Saskatoon. So those are always great places to check out as well. And then, and then I always just rain gear, you know, you need a, some sort of rain gear to bring along, and it needs to kind of keep you dry. Um, we don't do rain pants, we have them for our kids. Um, but we just have quick dry pants that we wear. And then I always say if you can have a nice warm base layer, um, either merino wool or polyester. Um, we can't do merino wool because it bugs our skin, but we do polyester and it's nice and warm base layer with a toque and mitts for bedtime if it gets cold with a nice puffy jacket. We like puffy jackets, but you can also do, you know, fleece or something like that to help keep you warm. Um, and then in terms of getting outside, um, but I would say if you can't get a hiker, go out in your runners, <laughs> especially with a lot of the trails around Saskatchewan, it just, you can do them in runners. My kids, like my one daughter did a whole backcountry hike in, you know, those like, they're not Crocs, but they're like the, the native shoes oh, that are like that plastic, like Crocs. <laughs> she did a whole backcountry in those ones. <laughs> We had hikers with her, but yeah, so I think, and then this time she started to get like a little bit of blisters in her shoes because I made a big mistake and didn't check to see that their shoes fit very well. So she actually hiked a bunch in socks. Um, so, <laughs> and then we had these other like, yeah, we're probably very unconventional. Um, and then she hiked it and we, thankfully I brought these shoes that have like these sandals that were closed toe and pretty sturdy kind of runners. So she also wore those, but, but I think the reality is, is like kids are pretty resilient and can kind of do a lot. Um, but we're also more experienced. So it's easier for us to know what we should do and what we shouldn't. Um, and then in terms of getting outside, we also created a, <laughs> I feel like this is a good lead up question, uh, <laughs> an app called Trail Collective. So Trail Collective is really working hard to break down the barriers for families so that they can access the detailed information that they need to get outside. So everything from, is a trail stroller accessible? Is it all terrain stroller accessible? Um, is it wheelchair accessible? Um, is there a playground nearby? Because let's be honest, sometimes, you know, the trail's not gonna work out and you wanna go to the playground instead, or you wanna do the hike and then go to the playground. 
maybe there's a really cool beach as well there. So I think kind of thinking beyond just the trail experience, but, you know, find that trail, but also learn what else is nearby. Um, and we also really focus on Trail Collective on the safety information as well. So, you know, is the trail in an avalanche zone? If it is and you don't have any experience, you know, try to avoid it in the winter. Like, do not hike that trail. You shouldn't be on it unless you know what to look for, unless you have your AVI gear, all that kind of stuff. Um, it tells you too if, you know, there's bears in the area um, and should you bring bear spray? Yes, um, all those kind of things and bugs and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely like a helpful resource that we're working on. And we have a ton of trails in Saskatchewan, Alberta and BC and kind of expanding other places as well. Yes, I've had the opportunity to check out the app. I've downloaded it um, and gone through some of the hikes. And yeah, there's a wide variety of hiking trails um, from like easy, easiest to hard and like hardest. Um, and I've primarily focused on the ones in Saskatchewan, um, but I think you did a really good job so far um, with the app. I'm really happy with it. So. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a long work in progress. I started it a couple years ago. I've had the idea for over six years now. Um, I wrote a hiking guidebook around Canmore and Banff and Kananaskis, and that kind of led me to push and say, I need to create this resource for families so that they can access that information and kind of know more what to expect. Like even little things like, is there a washroom? And is the washroom flush or is it a pit toilet? Because depending on my comfortable, you know, my comfort level, am I okay with that or not kind of thing. And it really but does you, eliminate that fear of like, or that uncertainty of like, where do I go? Where can I go? What trails are out there if I don't, like, if I'm not an experienced person and kind of, I can start with an easier one, day hike or, right? So totally. You mentioned your, you mentioned your book. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, so my book, it's called Hikes for Families, A Guide to the Canadian Rockies, and it's sold in some stores and also online on Amazon. And yeah, so that basically there's over 40 hikes around Banff, Canmore and Kananaskis, and they're all geared towards families. And so they have the description and what to expect, any highlights, and then also nearby attractions. So, you know, what other trails could you combine? My family and I, we like to do trail hopping <laughs> so we like to do you know like maybe two or three like one to two kilometer trails and then we can see like do we need to stop and do something else or can we do another one and it's kind of fun <laughs> sometimes we run them sometimes we don't um so we have fun with that um but yeah so I think just depending on like your level and what you want to do but yeah that, that was kind of something that uh, took a long time I did a lot of the trails most of them with my kids so it's almost um, but a lot of people that use the book actually really love writing in notes on like, I did it with my kid when it was this, they were this age and this is how long it took us. And it's kind of a fun, almost like a baby book in a way, like where you get to put in what you do and how you do it. So. Awesome. We will link to both of those things in the show notes, along with some of the other things you've mentioned. So if anyone Thank you. listening and wants to check them out more. Yes. A couple, a couple of things you said and uh, brought up some more questions for you. For me, um, I wondered about hiking or getting outside in different seasons. Um, if you have any tips about that. Yeah, I think, well, we just did a trail and it was super hot out. That's when we did our backcountry. Um, and I think just always making sure that you have water. And we almost, 
we knew this one area didn't have any water in the section. And so I'm glad because we actually had our water, but we also filled up our um, filter. Like we have a really big filter. I think it's like two liters. And we brought that along and we are so happy we did because I don't think we would have made it safely without it. Um, so definitely, you know, in the heat or, you know, in Saskatchewan, we have, you know, a thousand valley of a thousand devils and that one you need a lot of water. So making sure you have enough in the winter um, and in the fall and when it gets starts getting colder, having those layers is so important. So I talked about base layers before, but, you know, the merino wool or polyester base layer just helps to wick away the sweat, but also to um, help keep you warm as well. So you don't get cold, but you don't get too hot either. Um, it's really important. You can always pack, you know, a toque or mitts if you need. Um, and depending on where you hike um, in Saskatchewan, it's less so where the weather is going to change very unpredictably. Um, but, you know, in the mountains, you always want to have, you know, a warm jacket with uh, probably some sort of rain jacket as well, because the weather can change in an instance. And I've been there and it's, you want your stuff with you so that you're prepared. Speaking of being prepared, and the answer to another question, you mentioned something about bears. And I think that that's worry for a lot of people, uh, like bears or bugs or other sort of dangerous things that are out in nature um, or perceived dangerous things. Can you talk about, you know, how you mitigate some of those dangers or possible encounters? Yeah, so starting just with bugs, like I think a good bug spray is really great. We use P-Active mostly um, is what we use because it doesn't damage your gear. Um, DEET products can actually damage your um, polyester or plastics. Um, that being said, if it's really bad, we might spray a little bit of DEET, but I find P-Active is really good. Um, and that's especially like when you go to some areas in Alberta where their ticks have Lyme disease and you do need to really protect against that. We're kind of lucky in Saskatchewan it hasn't come here yet. Um, and then there's some clothing also. It's treated, I believe it's called permethrin. Um, I'm saying that correctly. Um, but that's only good for adults. So kids aren't really supposed to have that type of clothing. Um, they haven't approved it yet here in Canada. Um, and then for bears, Carrying bear spray is kind of essential. And I, I just learned that Fairy Hill, there's bears there. I was like, what? <laughs> but you get there. So I think just in Saskatchewan, I'm now, you know, just carrying bear spray is just so important. Um, our family is so loud. So if you're loud, the bears just really want to stay away from you. Even on our recent backcountry, it's like grizzly season. And I would never hike by myself with my kids in like mid to late August. I just, it's not worth it. You want to go in groups of four or more. Um, but like, we didn't see any bears, but we were told that there were bears up ahead near the end of our trail and we didn't see them. But on our drive out, we saw within a minute of driving two black bears and two grizzly bears. <laughs> so they were really close, but they stay away from us because we're so loud. Um, yeah, so bear spray is so essential. Um, and then my husband and I, we both actually carry bear spray because we often hike separately with one of our kids, especially on the long trails. On short trails, it's different, but we just find it so important so that we can both kind of be equipped to um, to attack them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> to take care of it if we need to. <laughs> but you can also use it like I would bring it year round, even in the winter, because bears don't hibernate as long as we think. Like, I think they don't hibernate till like 
December. Don't quote me on this, but I, I remember being shocked. I think they're like done hibernating in like February or something. Like it's quite a short season. And you can also use bear spray against cougars as well and other animals. Have you ever had a, an incident where you needed to use your bear spray? No, I haven't. I Like I said, I think we're so loud that they just ignore us. <laughs> I was going to say my son, who's 13, is a very loud talker, just in general, which is when you were talking about it, being outside, there's just a little more space for the noise. And I always think he's great to have in, in the backcountry because people know we're coming. Everything knows we're coming. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's like us. There was though, like when they, there's some good tips, like if you're coming up to a turn, you know, if there, and you can't see what's around the corner, be loud before you get to the corner um, and go around it so that you can you know, make them aware of you before you kind of turn around so you're not surprising the bear. That's why bikes in in the wild are a little bit more dangerous because you can easily surprise animals by being so fast on the trail. Oh, we also too, I mean, aside from bears now, we didn't used to, but we have a in-reach Garmin device. And so those are satellite communicators. And the in-reach one is nice because there's two way back and forth. So we tell our family like that we're safe at the end of each day. Um, there's also one that's called the spot device as well. Um, two ways nice because you can tell people where you are. They are expensive though. Um, but for us, it was worth the investment. But if you can't do that, always letting someone know where you're hiking so that people know when where you're going, where they should search for you if you're lost, and then tell them when you're expected to be back and then check back in with them when you are back. Those are all great trip planning safety things. Those were all the questions I had. Annika, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you really wanted to touch on? Um, no, I think just like connect with me on Instagram at Born to Be Adventurous and Trail Collective at Trail Collective. If you're a mom, we have Born to Be Adventurous Mamas groups. So one's a general group and one's one in Saskatchewan. Um, but we have them in um, Vancouver, Fraser Valley, and Calgary and Edmonton as well. And yeah, just connect. And I, I love meeting other families that want to get outside. And if you have ever, any questions for me, I love to chat anything outdoors. I try to remember the stuff from when my kids were little, but sometimes it's foggy. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I remember it being really hard. And so and don't think, you know, that it ever was easy. It was, it's, 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 it's hard and it's, it's, Parenting is just hard in general, but if you can find ways to enjoy the outdoors with them, um, get them outside and thrive outside. I mean, kids tend to find things to do when they're outside and to really benefit um, from being outdoors. So getting them off their screens and just enjoying time outside is important. Awesome. We have we always end with two questions, and I think this one might be hard for you. I don't know. Um one of them is, where is your favorite place to visit in Saskatchewan? It sounds like you've been a lot of places, so it doesn't have to be like your absolute favorite, but where is one of your favorite places? I, you know what, I really love Cypress Hills. When I was there, it was just so beautiful. I've been there in the summer and the winter, and the cross-country ski trails were so beautiful. It felt like a winter wonderland. I really love doing the Hidden Conglomerate Cliff Trail, which is also on Trail Collective, but it's just such a cool, unique trail in Saskatchewan and different, and it's not busy. Um, so it's just such a, I, I'd say it's so beautiful and so nice there. Um, in all seasons with the fires. I hope it's still going to be okay there. So my heart goes out to everybody there, but um, 
yeah, hopefully it'll still kind of be okay there. Yeah. Cyprus is one of our family's favorite places also. It was a hard question though. I'm like, which one do I choose? Because <laughs> they've been up to Meadow Lake and it's so pristine and beautiful there and Waska Sioux and Candle Lake and yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask a follow-up question. So suppose you're a family is sort of new to getting outside and they want to get out. Um, Cypress Hills might seem like a, a bigger undertaking than they want. Um, I know you live in Regina. Do you have a suggestion of like a, a starter kind of adventure um, around Saskatoon and Regina or one or the other? Yeah, I really, um, well, Buffalo Pound has lots of nice trails, but I really love for like, if I was to recommend one really close to Regina would be the Quipella Interpretive Trail. I really love that one. It's just kind of unique and different and offers beautiful views of the valley. Um, and then around Saskatoon, Pike Lake um, Provincial Park is just a really easy place to go visit. There's another interpretive trail there and then also a trail along the lake. And then there's other fun things to do there. Like there's playgrounds and water and beach and you can go and kind of um, play as well as hike. So you can kind of combine the two. So it's kind of a full day adventure. Thanks for sharing those. I think that um, could be a nice starting point. And I'm guessing both of those are on the Trail Collective app. Yes, they are. Awesome. <laughs> so people can find out more there. Yeah, totally. Our second tricky question is, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. You know, recently, I think just I that women would have equal rights across the world. Um, that's just something that I've been like reading a lot about and just the power of, you know, women um, having equality and in, in in different professions, but also across the world and being able to have the same access to schools, the same access to things. I think, um, you know, I've done a lot of reading on it and it just has like the power to end poverty and for women to have more control over what they're able to do. Um, I just see a lot of the world changing with that. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to connect and to chat with you both. Leah, that was a great discussion that we had with Annika. Um, now that you've had some conversations with her, what are some actions that you're going to take um, after hearing, taking her families out? Is there anything that you feel motivated or encouraged to take on or what actions you're going to do next? I have two, actually. I'm quite interested in the meal guide that she mentioned because as yeah. I mentioned in the podcast, meals are something that I struggle with. I have one moderately picky, or I, I don't like to use that terminology, um, selective eater. And so, so maybe we've put a little bit more effort into our meal plans because I think that that would, you know, if you're well-fed, it makes the trip more enjoyable for everyone. Uh, so that's one of my actions. Uh, and the other is I get, I get asked somewhat regularly, right? Like, how do I get outside? Or oh, do you have a tip about this? Or what trail would I, should I try? So I'm looking forward to directing people to this podcast and also the trail collective app um yeah. i have not checked it out myself but it sounds like a great opportunity to learn about different trails and have all that information that you're sometimes like wondering about and you're not sure about and will hopefully increase people's comfort level yeah. before they head out i think yeah both of those are great the meals is an important one because yeah you need the energy in order to do the activities right and so it can be a challenging one so awesome i yeah 
Brooklyn, what was your big takeaway from our conversation with Annika? Okay, so she has like a wealth of experience um, to draw from, which I thought was excellent. I think some of the things that my biggest takeaways were start small, um, just, and I like that she emphasized that you don't need the best gear. You just really need to get out and try it and just get the experience. Um, I mean, like she said, her daughter was hiking in just socks or those native like croc shoes. I think that's fantastic. That is, it doesn't need to be top, top of the line stuff. Um, the experience is just more, I think what a lot of families are after. And like you gain some of, you collect gear over time is essentially thing, right? Like it's not something that you have to spend a lot of money up front on right away um, in order to get outside, which I think I know that a lot of families that I've talked to have really struggled with that idea that I need hiking shoes. I need Merino wool. And there is an expensive cost to some of those things. Um, And then looking at those used clothing stores, like life outside in Saskatoon, um, it's a, consignment stores and so a lot of a lot of the gear is in great condition so really getting access to some of those opportunities and resources um another one that I really liked was that the hard times don't mean that every time will be hard I think that's a good takeaway that like there might be moments of like struggle but that doesn't mean that it's going to be a struggle every time um and going with the low expectations I think to me that is a great little mindset to be having because we want to plan these things and you put so much effort into planning them and you just want them to go so well but like it's just basically spending the time with your families and getting through even some of the struggles that like how you overcome some of those things it's the journey right it's not the destination it's the journey and so having low expectations and each struggle does not mean that it's going to be a struggle forever or that the next one will even be difficult at all.